Have you ever found yourself wondering if there is more to life than your current circumstance? Perhaps you're stuck in a rut of mundane, unsure of where you belong. Maybe you feel bound by chains of poor decision making, feeling lost, but brave enough to consider, what if there's more to life than this? Hi, I'm Cindy Linton and I want to welcome you to the church. My husband, Josh, and I are pastors of a growing congregation of people gathering together in normal Illinois. People who have found the answer to this question is a yes and are committed to joining together in an effort to honor God, love people, and discover truth. Thank you for joining us today. The Bible says in Acts 2, 1 through 4, and if you know about the day of Pentecost or you've been reading, you're familiar with this scripture. And the Bible says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Everybody say all. 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 Not just the back corner, not just the front corner. They didn't have air conditioning back then, so it was hot. It filled all of the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues as of like fire, and it sat upon each of them. Everybody say sat. Sat. It stayed. It made a home. It didn't just come and go. It didn't just move in to quench them. It stayed. The Spirit sat. It's the only place in the Scripture that the Spirit sat. It made its dwelling place right there. It goes on to say in Acts 2 and 4, And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. They were all filled. Everybody say all. all. And how we knew they were filled is because the, they, they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. That's how we know that we've been filled with the Spirit. Not of good works, not of good deeds, but because of the tongue. The Bible says that the tongue is the last thing to go, and it's the evidence of the Spirit. And it's the day of Pentecost where the church was born. Amen? I'm excited. Would you pray with me today? Lord Jesus, we thank you so much, God. Lord, I, I rebuke right now anything that's trying to be a distraction. Anything that's trying to get in our way, God. Any any hindrance that, that, that is not of you, Lord. I pray right now that our minds, God, that our minds will be open to receive today. Not just to receive, God, but to be filled. To receive your word and to be filled with your spirit, God. Lord, we came today, God, knowing that it was Pentecost Sunday, Lord. And we came today to receive the fullness of your word. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated today. If, if I do happen to just go down, just, just somebody start praising the Lord and it'll be, it'll be all right. Thank you, Karen. I'll, I'll, get, I'll get up a little bit after and we'll, we'll be all good. So I want to preach today on this title, When the Day Was Fully Come. When the Day Was Fully Come. The day of Pentecost is a Jewish feast held 50 days after the Passover. We celebrate the Passover. We know that is Easter and we, we celebrate that. But 50 days after that is the, was the day of Pentecost. It's the celebration of the first fruits of the wheat harvest. Wheat harvest. Now, a little interesting fact about the wheat is the Bible says that in the end, the wheat would be separated from the chafe. And it was the Pentecostal harvest, that the, 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 the wheat harvest that God used as the outpouring of His Spirit. Some were saying, how is there going to know the difference between the wheat and the chafe? They're going to know Him because He knows Him by name. 
It's going to be written on the inside. We're not going to have to worry about being chafed and washed away by the wind because we're going to have the Spirit inside. That's, that's how He's going to know. Not only is that how He's going to know, but that's how those around us are going to know. So when somebody asks you, do you talk in tongues? It shouldn't be a... You shouldn't be ashamed because it's scriptural. Just like you shouldn't be ashamed to call yourself a Christian, you shouldn't be ashamed to say, yes, I do speak in tongues. It is biblical. If you believe in the Bible, you should also believe in it too. Matter of fact, you want to have a Bible study on it because I can show you from point A in the garden to point B in Revelations that the scripture was all about the infilling of his spirit. There wasn't anything less than the infilling. But the day of Pentecost was a celebration of the first fruits. In the Jewish custom of that time, the first sheaf or the bundle of grain would be reaped from the barley harvest and it would be presented to God at the Passover. That's what was brought in for, heart, for, for, the, for the sacrifice at the Passover. But it was on Pentecost that the wheat harvest was presented to God, which, which, which is why Pentecost is called the day of first fruits. In num- it's in Numbers 28-26. It goes all the way back that far. Yes, there is something good that comes out of Numbers and Leviticus, and we'll find a, a little bit of those today. But if you don't have the time to read it, that's probably why sometimes we don't know what these festivals and these holidays are, because they're all in the Scripture. It wasn't just something new. If you, I, I was 21 before I heard of Pentecost. <laughs> I went to church most of my younger life. Most, I said. Most, not all. But I was 21 when I heard, first heard of Pentecost. I'm like, what is this Pentecost? And then you start reading and it's all throughout the scripture. It's just not some new occurrence that we celebrate because of Azusa Street. It's all throughout the scripture. Pentecost also signified the day when the law was given to Israel. The Jews sometimes called Pentecost, and you'll have to forgive my Hebrew, but it was Shem Torah, or joy of the law. The Jews found joy on Pentecost. They found joy because the law was given, because they had a structure. They had an establishment that was put in front of them. And I can tell you right now that there is not a lot of joy in your faces right now. <laughs> I know you don't get the privilege to look at me, but I can just see the heat swell through. <laughs> I, I can, but please bear with me and I will, I will get to where I'm going. It was the Old Testament Pentecost that the law was given on the outside. And it was the New Testament day of Pentecost where the law would be on the inside, which, is, which would fill the, the fulfillment of the prophet Jeremiah when he said in Jeremiah 31:33, But this shall be the covenant that I make with the house of Israel. After those days, said the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts, and I will be their God and they shall be my people. The church was born on the day of Pentecost some 2,000 years ago. If it wasn't for the day of Pentecost, you wouldn't, we wouldn't be gathered here today. There would be no gathering of the church, not just the Pentecostal church. There wouldn't be a Catholic church. There wouldn't be a Methodist church. There wouldn't be a Jewish synagogue. There wouldn't be any kind of church. There wouldn't even be the church because it was the day of Pentecost that the body of Christ, Jews and Gentiles, bond and free. You know the church isn't a color? The church isn't a color. The church is a body of believers believing upon Christ. The church was born. Leviticus 23, 15-22 gives some instructions for the Pentecostal celebration. The priest would grab two loaves of leavened bread and he would wave the bread before the Lord. Two loaves of bread would be waved before the Lord. One signifying the Jewish people. The other signifying the Gentiles. All the way back in the book of Leviticus, would, 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 would that be said, two loaves signifying God's Spirit, and not just for one people, but for all people, Jew and Gentile. 
When the day had fully come, as the opening text says, it was ten days after Jesus ascended from heaven. For ten days, the disciples had to wait. They didn't know for how long. They, they didn't have the ability to see that it was only going to be ten days. But for ten days, they had to wait. <coughs> Jesus' last set of instructions to them was to wait. Acts 1, 3-9. To whom also He showed Himself alive after His passion, by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. It was instructions to not leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which saith, saith he, Ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days after. When they therefore come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, wilt thou art this time restore the kingdom of Israel? They thought he was going to come free them from a different bondage. But what he was coming freeing from them from was the salvation. Salvation that his spirit would not just be a law on the outside, but it be relationship on the inside. And he said unto them, it is not for you to know the time or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me in both Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and into the uttermost parts of the earth. It was instructions. It was instructions from Christ in the book of Acts, in the first book of Acts. It was following along his continuation through the Gospels. And he said in 9, and he said, and when he spoke all these things, while they had heard, he was taken up and the cloud received him out of sight. Jesus ascended for the final time before the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. This wasn't something that was new in the Scripture. When we study the Scripture, these were God's words from the very moment that He gathered His disciples. This was the plan, that He would suffer and die. Three days later, He would rise, and a comforter would be sent, because He was going to prepare a place. He was going to prepare a place for us, for us, that we would be able to come and gather with Him. And how He's going to know us is we're going to know Him by name. His name is going to be pressed upon us. When we're baptized in Jesus' name, we come out of the water with a new first name, and it's Christ. It's Jesus Christ. That's the new name that we put on. And it's His Spirit that now has a place to dwell inside of us because we put off that old man, we put off that old flesh, and we put on the new Christ. Amen? Amen? It's scriptural time after time. It's not something new. It's interesting though because when you go talk to somebody of another denomination, it's taboo. It's taboo. Tongues are taboo. Tongues were just for back then. They're no longer for today. It was just for back then. Can I ask you how many things in this Bible from front to back are just for back then? Where do we stop? Where do we stop when we start saying, well, it was just for back then? It was just for back then. Now, we don't sacrifice turtle doves anymore, Brother Grimaud, do we? We don't, we don't do that. Why? Because the ultimate sacrifice was already laid upon Calvary. But can I tell you that the law didn't change? Jesus said He came to fulfill the law. None of that came. Now the law needs to live on the inward because you know what? I, I don't obey the speed limits and they're posted about every 10 to 15 miles. And so if there was just a law, none of us are going to follow after it. But we need Christ living on the inside. We live in an instant society is the problem. We, we, we live in a society of instant media, instant news, instant food, instant coffee, instant knowledge. If you want to know it, you can know it now. 
And the thing about tongues is nobody wants to know about tongues. Nobody wants to read. Nobody wants to understand. Tongues is the evidence of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the necessity for our life as a Christian. We cannot be Christ-like without the Spirit of God living in our lives. We would not even be close to being a Christ replica, to be honest with you, without the Spirit. What we would be is we would be a people just watching at a distance Christ. We would be the people on the road to Jerusalem who magnify in one moment and then curse in the next. That's what we would be because our relationship wouldn't be founded in anything. But we want an instant society. Now, I'm not saying we have to wait for the Holy Spirit today. God can and will pour out His Spirit upon us right now. If somebody really wanted it right now and God really wanted to pour it out right now, His Spirit would be poured out right at this moment. I believe that in Jesus' name. The Spirit of God that we are waiting and seeking for isn't dependent on Him. It was already poured out. He's wanting to pour it out right now. It depends on us. Or do we want it? Have we removed all of our flesh out of the way? Have we repented of our sin? Sin being a three-letter word that doesn't mean you've done harm. It means you've done your own thing. It means that you've followed your own stuff to the point that you've moved God out. That's where sin steps in. It comes with pride. It comes with ego. It comes with arrogance, with envy. All of those things bring in sin. And what we have to do is make sure that we don't have it in our lives. Is there anybody here that believes today that God can pour His Spirit out? Is there faith in the house to believe? What I'm saying is we won't wait. Or would we wait? Which is it? Would we wait and would we tarry? My question is today, it's a hundred and some degrees in this room. Would we sit here and wait for the outpouring? Or would we say, I've got to move on? I've got to move it down the road. I've definitely got to get outside because no matter how much humid it is, it's a lot better out there than it is in here. That's my question about being instant. Would we wait? Is that how desperate we are for God's Spirit? Or are we so set on what's coming next that I've got to hurry up and get somewhere? I haven't ate yet today. I've got to hurry up and get to lunch. I've got plans tonight. I can't wait and I can't tarry for 10 days. For 10 days, the disciples waited in that, in that upper room. Can you picture it? Day one, Jesus leaves and they're probably encouraged. They're like, we don't have to wait that long. He's not going to make us that wait that long. And day after day after day, they wait for 10 days. But yet they had this promise that they hang on, that they hung on. They had the promise of God's word that they established themselves on. They had this promise that God was going to deliver them with power from on high in the form of his spirit. The Holy Ghost is promised. The Holy Ghost is promised. It's why we've been talking about faith. It's why we've been talking about godly reverence. It's why we've been talking about worship and joy. Because it's faith in the promise that we are establishing ourselves on. The promise of this word. It's not a new word. It's the same word. It's about knowing that I'm saved. And knowing that I belong to Christ. Amen? Amen. The Holy Ghost is essential. And the disciples knew it. That's why they waited. Jesus told them He would not leave them comfortless. John 14 and 18. And he said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. The gift of the Holy Ghost is not a formula or a ritual. We receive the Holy Ghost by seeking. I've said that again. It's how much do we want the Holy Ghost today? It's not a matter of is God going to pour it out? Because the Bible gives us a plan. Repent. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And then it says you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It means it's a promise. You're going to get it. The question
question is, are you seeking it? Are you seeking it because you want it? Because somebody else around you wants it? Or are you seeking it for the true reasons that you want that relationship with God? Matthew 7 and 7 says, Ask, and it shall be given unto you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. There was unity in the upper room. And I'm just going to speed it up right along here because I see, I see we're fading. And I don't, I don't want us to fade. There was unity in the upper room. They had the same heart. 120 of them were in that upper room. They were all scared. They didn't know what tomorrow held, but they were all in unity. There's importance to be in unity in the body. We can't drift. We can't let each other drift. we got to be in unity because where there's unity, the spirit flows. Where two or three are gathered, that's not just come together. That's in unity because it was the same. There were two or three gathered at the Tower of Babel, weren't there? And God said, oh, you're doing bad stuff. i got to split you apart. But when there's unity in the Spirit, God says, I'm going to move in, and I'm going to do great things. And that's why in the upper room, they were scared. They were afraid. Anybody ever been there? I don't know. I don't really know. They, they had no idea what this Holy Spirit looked like. Can I just tell you that? They didn't know. They didn't have an example that was given to him them where they would see what, what speaking in other languages or tongues or heavenly language looked like. They had no idea. Well, all they knew is that they needed Christ. They were empty. They were empty, but because we're so instant, we're not always empty. Because I can do a lot of stuff on my own, and I don't really need Christ. The, the, the key to getting to the point of fill, being filled with God's Spirit is getting to the point of being empty. Yeah. I can't do it. I can't do it, Carolyn. That's right. I, I just need the Lord. I, I'm going to mess up every day. Every day I'm going to cause trouble in my relationships. I'm going to cause trouble in my family but because I'm by myself. And that's what my flesh is going to do. But when I've got the Spirit, it's okay because there's going to be peace and joy yes. and all that comes with the fruit of the Spirit is going to be introduced in my life. But i got to be empty. I can't, I can't come in with an idea that I know how this is going to happen. I didn't come in today thinking it was going to be 108 degrees in here. <laughs> and I figure if I keep talking about the heat, that it's just going to, you're going to get cool. <laughs> I didn't come in today expecting anything of this service. What I came in is empty so that God can move in this service. I came in empty just saying, Lord, whatever it is you want to do today, God, Lord, whatever it is that you have planned today, Lord, whatever it is that you want to do, Lord, I just want to get out of the way so that you can have your liberty in this service. I hope you didn't come in with an idea of how this service was going to go. I hope you didn't come in with expectations because when we come in with expectations, we move God off to the side and we say, this is how it's going to go. It's going to go two songs. It's going to go prayer. It's going to go another song and then it's going to go preaching and I'm going to get out the door so I can go about what I'm supposed to be doing. And all that time, God says, what about me? What about me? I know from just standing across the room, there's people in here that need the Lord in every aspect of their life. And I know that if we leave, the same way we came, we're not allowing Him to do what He wants to do in not just this service, but in our lives. We have got to the point where tongues is so taboo and to a certain extent that we just want to move right past it. Just get me to the next service and I'll, I'll be more committed and I'll be more mindful. Can I tell you, there's never going to be a next service. Tongues is a continual daily process and application. It's not just speaking it and moving on. It's speaking it and being filled constantly with His Spirit. 
The disciples had no idea, but they were unified and they were empty in the room and God moved. The Bible says suddenly there came a sound, came a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind. In both Greek and Hebrew, the word for spirit as in the Holy Spirit is the same for wind or breath. God's breath moved. The rushing mighty wind was God moving across that room. The sound was not whistling of trees in a windstorm. So when you're praying, don't be listening for a whistling of the trees. When it's really windy, you can hear that awning blow against that door. It's almost like another singer in this room. But that's not the whistling. It was the breath of God. It was the breath of God's Spirit being blown across that room. It's the same breath that He's blowing across this room as we seek and as we get hungry, and as we get hungry for him, it's the same breath that Ezekiel talked about in Ezekiel 37, 9 and 10. Then said he unto me, Prophesy unto the wind. Prophesy, son of man, and say unto the wind, Thus saith the Lord, Come from the four winds, O breath, O spirit, and breathe upon the slain that they may live. And Ezekiel said, So I prophesied as he commanded me. And the breath came unto them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. You've heard the scripture before. There were dry bones in a field, and it was dead. And the Lord said, breathe. And the prophet said, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to breathe. And I'm going to speak the wind of breath upon this, this dry bones. And they came to life. There are dry bones in here. And the Spirit wants to move upon us. And He wants to send you and the flesh to start to move together so that we can move and be the great army that He has called us to be. Amen? Amen. The Holy Spirit was cloven tongues representing a, a cloven tongues of fire. It represents the purification. It also fulfilled what John the Baptist said in Matthew 3.11. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not able to bear. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. The Holy Spirit was spoken about time and time again in the Scripture. The tongue is the outward expression. We cannot deny the outward expression if we want the inward Christ living on the inside. If we just want God on the outside, okay. That's not, that's not this. That's not this. You know what God on the outside is? It's a club. It used to be called the YMCA. Then it was called the YWCA. It's just a club. The Bible is about God on the inside. The Bible from Jeremiah to Genesis to, to, to the New Testament was all about God on the inside with the evidence of speaking in tongues. We've got to get to the place where we're comfortable speaking in tongues so our little kids know that it's for them just as much as it is for us. Just like the disciples, the people who are in unity are on, with their reliance on God. The disciples didn't have it all figured out. They didn't even know how long they needed to wait. They just waited. I don't know about you, but I came to receive today. I'm not going to let the distractions get in my way. I've come to receive today. 120 were in the upper room and tongues were so prominent that they heard them from the packed streets of Jerusalem. Could you imagine the outpouring that would take place that it got so loud that somebody driving on College Avenue said, what is going on over there? Can you just imagine? Because it happened in the Scripture. It happened so much that they began to say, well, they must be drunk. They must be drunk. And it, it got to the point where they said, no, they can't be drunk. It's too early. 
They can't be drunk. But could you picture it? This building or the next building on college that we go to, that we open up windows and people walking by hear this sound and they can't explain it. But it's a heavenly language and God begins to speak to them and he begins to convert and he begins to change them because we don't save anybody. It's the spirit. It's the spirit that saves. It's the spirit that moves into our relationships and changes things. It's the spirit that's in me and it's the spirit that's in them that begins to move and mold us into unity. It's conflict without the spirit. It's conflict. Because I have my own agenda and you have your own agenda. And that's all it is. It's conflict. But when God moves in, it's the Spirit of the Lord. The Bible says that in the last days, God said, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. These men are not as drunk as you supposed to be. This is what the prophet Joel said. In the Old Testament, this was prophesied. Church, this is prophesied to us. The Bible tells us, and I already quoted this, but I'm going to say it again in Acts 2. 38 through 39. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. If you have not repented of your sins, today is the day to repent. If you have not been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ after you have repented, today is the day to be baptized. You say, I don't see any water. That's okay. I know a place where there's water. And we'll drive right there and we'll baptize you. Not a sprinkling. It's not a sprinkling. It's a full immersion. It's taking that old man and symbolically putting him in the tomb that Christ was in and coming back out the way he came back out. And then the Bible says, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, but it's got to be your decision. God already made the decision 2,000 years ago that he loved you so much. He loved you so much that he was going to die upon that cross. He was going to go to the tomb. He was going to raise again so that His Spirit, the Comforter, could be poured out upon us because that's how much He loves us. He didn't want to live without us. And that's how much we should love Him. We should not want to live without Him. God is calling. God's promise is still being poured out today. Stand with me if you would. I get passionate. I get passionate about the Scripture. Because if you know who I was and where I was at, you would say, well, how's this guy a pastor? I was a drug addict. I didn't know the Lord. I didn't have a relationship with God. I was strung out. I met my wife at a party. She wasn't even in church, but she'd been raised in church. I know some of you know me and some of you are looking like, wow, I never knew this. That's why I get so compassionate about God. Because of what he's done in my life. You can't tell me that God can't change a drug addict. You can't tell me that God can't take something that's broken and put it back together. Because I've seen it time after time after time. It's in the scripture. But can I tell you, it was a decision that I had to make. It was a decision. My wife and I were together, but it was my decision that I had to make. And I struggled with that decision. Time and time again, I struggled because I'm stubborn. And it wasn't until I just said, God, I can't do it anymore. It wasn't until I just surrendered all that I was. It wasn't until I surrendered all that it was. And can I tell you, that moment I surrendered, His Spirit moved in. He filled me with His Spirit before I was even baptized. You say, well, that's out of order. God is never out of order. God will do it the way He wants. He just says, you need to repent. You need to be baptized. 
and he shall receive the gift of his spirit. Our musicians are going to come today, and they're going to come, and they're going to play, and they're going to sing. And there's two choices that we have as we're getting ready to leave and close up this service. We can pack it in right now. We can go through the motions. Or we can really try to dive into Christ. We can really test the scripture that says, taste and see that the Lord is good. We can look around in faith and we can be encouraged by what God's done. And we can say, God, if you did it for them, I know you can do it for me. Or we can say, I'm just not sure I'm there yet, God. And we can close it up and we can leave and we can try for it to be another service. But can I tell you that if you do that, you're risking the enemy wanting to move in to take a firmer grip on your life. To take a firmer grasp on your life. Because without the Spirit, we don't have the armor. We're not equipped. We're not in unity with the body. And all we are is out by ourselves. It happened in the Bible. 3,000 were added on the day of Pentecost. It happened in the Welsh revival in the early 1900s. And it happened at Azusa Street Revival. And it's, gonna, and it's happening right now. In the Bloomington Normal Revival. Oh, you ain't heard of the Bloomington Normal Revival? Oh, you're a part of the Bloomington Normal Revival. You know what the significance of all those revivals were? The Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord moved in when it didn't seem like anything was possible. We're sweating in a chiropractor's office. It doesn't seem like anything's possible, but we're going to move five miles down the street and it's not going to be big enough to contain us because it's a revival that we didn't do, but God did. Acts 2.17 says, And it shall come to pass that in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. We don't have to wait. We don't have to wait. God is pouring out today. God is pouring out today. Is there anybody hungry? Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from the church. We hope you feel encouraged by the words you have heard today and would love the opportunity to get to meet you in person if you ever find yourself in Normal, Illinois. For more information on what's happening and to discover ways to connect, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and never miss a service. Also, follow us on social media. Find us on Instagram by searching thechurch.normalil or on Facebook by searching The Church. Direct links can be found in the show notes. Thank you.